It feels so tasteless. Okay. This is part two. Yeah. Update of the pitch event that is coming up October 10th. Yes. Where? At uh, 980 Spaces, originally okay. Sendine. About, it's about 800 yards north of Meissner Park. Okay. On Federal Highway in Boca Raton, Florida. At 6 p.m. begins networking. 6 p.m. As well as a... Speed dating event. Speed dating event. In another part of the building. Right. <laughs> so 6 p.m. networking, 7.30 pitch event. Yes. And the time is, we're all out of there by 9 o'clock. Really want to be done by 9. Okay. Yeah. They can stick around till 9.30. I, I'll be too tired. I'll be time for me to leave. If an individual who may be pitching or even attending the event to see how, how this is, um, please listen to episode part one mm -hmm. uh, that will be uploaded just prior to this in order to gain tips on networking, tips on how to prepare your pitch, yeah. on what we should be going through when you are pitching, and uh, basically everything leading up to the event that's a little bit more business-minded, right? We didn't talk yes. about any health no. um, in preparation, or, and most importantly, trust, likability, uh, tonality, vernacular, yes. verbiage, right? And, and, and eye contact and presentation tips, like what we are going to go through yes. today, Yes. right? Yes. Um, so from here, I'll kind of let Dan take over where he'll start asking me questions and we'll kind of yeah. get into a little bit of the health bits. And well, let's, right. let's start from the night before, you know, we were having this discussion. I was kind of joking with you that I felt sometimes it's better. I don't get enough sleep the night before, but, but I do think getting enough sleep the night before for your, for your being totally awake during this pitch event and giving the pitch is valuable and being awake and, and capable of of networking with people. I mean, if I don't get enough sleep, I start wanting to fade off and I have to leave the event. Right. So you have to get enough sleep. You were saying how many hours? Right. Seven to eight. So let's kind of go through that a little bit in sleep preparation. And I'm going to go very much into detail on this. Number one, you need seven to eight hours of sleep to be optimal and functional. And it's important to do this two to three days in advance even. And the reason is, is because you've got this buildup in your body. Okay. Seven to eight hours of sleep um, we want to limit the consumption of water. Men have a big problem where they wake up to pee in the middle of the mm. night. Okay, it's, yeah. not only, it's, it's a lot of men, especially over the age of 40, yeah. where you know, you're know you urinating in the middle of the night, which very much disrupts your sleep. Mm -hmm. And if you, again, first actionable tip in order to go ahead and handle this and to take care of it before, gotcha. two hours before bed. Gotcha. And also, I highly recommend electrolytes. Mm. Um, some in one, some way, shape or form, whether they be a supplement that you like to take. Um, there are a ton of great ones, liquid IV element. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, different supplements that you can take that have one gram of sodium in it. You mix it with water, you drink it. Okay. Two hours before bed. That'll help the reabsorption of the fluids before, um, you go to bed and help you again, try and urinate before you go to and actually fall asleep. Mm -hmm. That way your bladder is relatively empty. Yeah. Okay. And, of course, we want to avoid any type of stimulant use be anywhere close to the nighttime period. So definitely no Adderall. Yeah. Um, try to definitely, we're going to limit nicotine, right? No nicotine. We're going to limit caffeine. I limit caffeine past 3 p.m. I won't have any type of caffeine past 3 o'clock gotcha. in the afternoon. I'm only decaf, okay. so no caffeine. Right, so so no caffeine. You're, we're just still talking the night before. Right? We're talking before. the night before. Okay. Yeah, we're talking the night before, so no caffeine um, past 3 p.m. is a good cue. Gotcha. And there's a lot of people who have trouble winding down and going to sleep. I highly recommend that you get at least an hour to an hour and a half, if you're one of those people, of exercise, okay. low zone 2 steady state cardiovascular exercise. 
It could be anything that you enjoy doing. It could be cycling, it could be walking, it could be jogging. Uh, you really want to maintain a pace in which you can have an active conversation with somebody without panting. All right. That's, gotcha. That's that's where you want to gotcha. be. For me, for my zone personally, it's anywhere between 125 beats per minute to 145 beats per minute is right around my zone two heart rate. And it's based gotcha. off of your maximum heart rate. We're not going to go into complete detail on what your max heart rate may be. For me, I'm a six foot two male at about 205 pounds. My maximum mm -hmm. heart rate's relatively close to about anywhere between 195 to 200 beats per minute. Okay, gotcha, that's gotcha. my maximum heart rate. And my zone two statement, again, is right around 125 to about 145 beats per minute is the zone that I want to be in. Is there right. any, you know, what about like specific diets that could be problematic? You know, um, sometimes you get invited to dinner or your spouse makes a dinner and you, you, you want to eat this gigantic meal. So you were yeah. talking about not overeating the night before. Yeah, you definitely don't want to overeat. For me, my sweet spot is anything really less than about 600 calories won't mm -hmm. affect my sleep. I have sure. sleep problems. I have mm. very, I've, I've been dealing with sleep issues for all of my life. Yeah. Okay. So, so for someone like me who has to be super meticulous and super detailed to get a good night's sleep, yeah. I won't eat more than 600 calories. It won't be any more than about 30 grams of protein. Protein seems to really set me off because there's mm. a delayed intake through my yeah. thermogenesis in my body. So I have a noticeable increase in temperature when I, when I eat too much, this is all mm -hmm. tracked through my aura ring. So I, I, I very much see no alcohol, like do not even like not even one drink. Okay. Yeah. Like just yeah. don't even do it. Like it's not worth it. Okay. I, I do not drink like, the day before anything. The, like less is better. So none is better than one drink. Okay. And better water than other drinks. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, again, no caffeine. Um, I am a fan of diet sodas. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know you're not, but that's, that's okay. So, but uh, yeah. zero calorie sodas should not affect your sleep. And um, just taking it from there the night before on dinner, taking it easy and really providing yourself a rest and wind down period. Try not to like you should not be sitting here scrambling through your slide deck in the middle of the night before you go your to sleep. Your deck should be done the day before, it, preferably two days before, but the yeah. day before your deck's already. It, like I said before, the deck does not have to be perfect. If it's 95, right. 8%, that 1% or 2% is not going to make a big difference because... Right. We talked about this earlier. There's the presenting deck and the traveling deck. The presenting deck is even less important. Right. It's you who's presenting that's important, not right. the deck. So right. don't obsess about the deck and keep changing, keep right. changing. So not really so change. try and just get some restful sleep. And Absolutely. understand that sleep and your performance will be directly related to the quality of the sleep that you can attain. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now there's something called in our bodies called adenosine. Okay. Everyone knows melatonin. Yeah. Right. Melatonin is very commonly used as the sleep nighttime agent, okay? Yeah, well, melatonin is only the gunshot that initiates all of the other sleep processes before you actually, or once you start drifting away from sleep. If you have too much melatonin in your system and in your body, which a lot of these pills do, if you take mm. too many milligrams of melatonin, I've done it with my son, but right. yeah. if you take too much melatonin, you have all this circulating sleep start off chemical, sleep start-off chemical, that will continuously mess up with your sleep cycles, and it will not work well throughout the rest of the night. Now, some mm -hmm. people, you're going to say, oh, I have the best night's sleep when I use melatonin. Yeah. I hear you. I understand. That is not the large majority of cases. That is the outlying position, okay? So, for for the 
general individual who's taking melatonin at night, uh, just understand that it's only the gunshot and you want to take a very, very minimal, minimal dosage. Like, I want to say like one milligram. Okay? Yeah, You're going to yeah. see 10 milligram pills and 10 milligram gummies. You don't need that much. You need like one milligram to two milligrams if just to help you a little bit. Now, what about this situation that, you know, I always have, we talk about men having to get up. They have to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't happen as much to me, but I get it, you know. But when I do get waking up, I have dogs. The dogs will bark. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I am now awake. I find sometimes I do have a trauma. I have some issues getting back to sleep. I purposely will go watch a little TV. Mm -hmm. And I feel, as soon as I feel myself about to fall, so I, I turn it off and go to sleep. And I get, a good, I get right back to sleep. So I almost have to be occupied for a little bit for me personally. What about at that moment? Is there something I can do? I drink a little bit of milk? I try that sometimes. I drink a little milk or there's a lot of things that work differently for people. I don't advise for any screen time. Okay. Yeah, I don't get on the screen. So I don't I don't like the TV. But the other thing I was gonna say is um, a lot of times for whatever reason at three o'clock in the morning is whenever I'm freaked out about something. Mm -hmm. Like I woke up, you know, we're gonna dogs bark. And now I'm thinking about my you know, massive insurance bill I'm working on. So like whatever, or technical problem I'm working on and it's going through my mind and I'm like, um, oh, so I'm, I'm just not asleep because you, I have something in my mind. You need to get your mind off of that yeah, as, much as, you, as much as you can. For me, what works for me yeah. is I put in, I, I open up my Audible app, mm -hmm. I listen, I put in my headphones mm -hmm. and I put the sleep timer on my Audible okay. for 10 minutes. Okay, is this okay. like uh, sounds or what is it? Uh, no, I actually listen to one of my books. Okay, so I, book. I, I do listen to That'll one That'll put me right to sleep right. in an audiobook. Right. Yep, an audiobook. I put on one of my books. I play it. And I know the night before, or, night, or the morning after when I wake up that I'm going to have to re-listen to that 10 minutes because yeah. I didn't, I didn't, didn't listen to anything. But at least it automatically stopped and I know it's a 10-minute mark. Yeah. Right? And I didn't continue on going through the book and I don't know yeah. where I ended. That totally put me to sleep. That, right. That reading or audio. I used to right. fall asleep with a book in my hand as a kid all the time. But yeah. It was perfect. But I was going to say, I was freaked out in the middle of the night about whatever problem. When I wake up in the morning, I always feel like, great. <laughs> if you're feeling better, wonderful. Yeah. But you Some know, people the, tell me the opposite. The true. next thing is, but you crash early, too. I did. Yeah. You crash early. Yeah. So so here's the thing. If you want long-lasting energy all day, so we're going to be preparing up for a pitch event that's at 7.30 at night. Yeah, yeah. You can't crash at 3 p.m. Um, you know what I do? Uh, this thing I just thought about, a lot of times I will, because I do work at home, I actually go back to bed. Like, I get my kids out. Mm -hmm. I had to get up at 5.30. I get them out. But um, I take care of maybe whatever I have to take care of in the morning. I actually have a call that day of the event. I have to mm -hmm. do an early call, too. And then maybe between 9 and 11, I just turn my phone off and just nap, kind of sit I love in bed naps. and half asleep. I, I think naps are it's great. It's kind of like half asleep for an hour or two. Just to right. get, yeah, it may fall, it may not, just to get more sleep into me. Because I, right. I know I have to be up at 5.36. Right. So I sometimes I'm doing that, like napping a little bit. There's a lot of research positive, relatively sleep deprived, who, yeah. who do have stressful periods where, where a nap, a small nap early enough in the afternoon yeah. is highly beneficial because it's not it's not late enough to where it's yeah. going to disrupt your sleep events and you're you're pretty much fatigued. For people that like, I know we're going off on sleep, but, but for like three, four days in a row, you're not getting enough sleep. You're only getting four and a half, four and a half, four and a half. Mm -hmm. I start having tingling in my fingers. And I have my AFib seems to be a stress. It's your recovery. So, so I, I feel like, and my tingling in my fingers, and I'm like, time. I, where's the bed? To, right. I have to go crash. It's like the body starts shutting down. Right. Right. I have everyone's experience. Listen, the, the the number one injury prevention 
yeah. um, supplements. Yeah. That's that really the only thing proven to reduce injuries in this entire... And I sell equipment that is built to reduce your injuries, but the only system that is proven to prevent injuries, mm-hmm. 100% proven, is improving your sleep quality. Again. Improving your sleep quality from four and a half hours to seven to eight hours has shown a 235% reduction wow. in injuries alone. So we can only think, talk about, now let's think about our emotional health, our physical health, our mental aptitude, the way that we handle stress and react. Yeah. All of that falls in line within these studies. It's just hard to study. Gotcha, gotcha. Are we, are we going to be able to talk about believability now? That's that, right. Yeah, yeah let's, let's go ahead and, and, and talk, um, talk a little bit about I, it. I, I love talking about believability. I mentioned it in my book called Pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and What's believability? So believability, we believability is when people are seeing a speaker on stage or a pitch person or anybody or even meeting them, person, how believe people, they have an intuition about how believable the person is. Mm-hmm. And that influences how much they're going to listen to you and how much they're going to really listen, you know, to be, to be, to be listened to, do listen to is to be believed. So, or to be believed is to be listened to. And that is a truth. And the reality is, and I love this one author I follow on this is um, a lot of believability can be kind of simulated. So when people are on stage and you're super nervous and you're freaking out, the, the audience would not know anything. As long as you are speaking slower, there's like 10 things I know about believability. Uh-huh. If you speak slower, you may be having your heart balancing out of your heart, but you are speaking slower and you are sounding more believable. When you're talking really fast, you're not believable. When you use your hands and you're talking and you're speaking slower, you're more believable. And that gets people to see you as more honest and more trustworthy and more real this is must be real right and so that's more confidence more conviction is there so the thing we learned and this is at the fau mba program i learned some of this in that program is that believability can be simulated this is a sad thing about life you can simulate some of it you don't have to be up there to be nervous Uh you are going to be nervous we're all going to be nervous we're all nervous in front of crowds that takes years of experience to not be nervous but you can take your nervousness Slow down. One thing we didn't mention in the past I'll tell you, is a pause. A pause is a believable thing uh-huh. for you to say, hold on a second. Now, my thought is this. Instead of saying, um, um, uh, A quiet right. pause is one of the most believable things people can do. They're like, so I have a tough question. I don't think this thing you're working on is going to work at all. Hold on a second. Let me think for a second. The answer is it does work. So... You know, that retort came back as real believable. And yeah. and uh, the two people we study are Reagan and Clinton, are really great studies for believability. They use their hands. They speak slowly. Um, they raise their voice at a certain point and spell, and, and, and they'll project, and they'll use their emotion and their projection, their hands together. And just like in politics and business, the great speaker is believable, and he gets he gets the capital raise. It's not always about. I say the idea is last on the chart. Right. I'd say this believable is way up at the top. Right. This kid is going to do it. This guy. And this is, is where the story, your story, yeah, really hits home. And this is why marketing says eighty 
percent of your time should be done on that one hook. Yeah. Right? All of your efforts, you know, the other 20% of your efforts is doing all the other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But 80% of your thought power, the 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 attention grabbing, the storyline, all of that needs to be divested into your real big hook. Another little small tip here is uh, I'm not sure we're going to, I think we may do a panel on Tuesday. Usually I've been giving up the panel, but with the panel or the crowd, the person with the mic that can walk towards the crowd and get closer to them, closer to the investor and people, it's definitely a believability factor, a person, and it shows that you're open-minded. The the pitching guy that's going away from the crowd and going off in the corner and saying, well, I'm not sure about the answer, it's really not a confidence thing for you right. to shy away. It's a confident thing if you get in their face and say, I have an answer. Let me tell you. Right. And we've heard investors say that they want them to get in their face a little bit, come closer and, and get close to them. And that's something that I learned from some of the investors that said they want, you know, part of it is contact. Like they're, you're making contact with the investors because we mentioned it in another podcast, uh, making a connection. It's always about the connection. So, and, and I, we didn't touch on eye contact. No. No. Right. So eye contact definitely forces conviction and believability into you, you know, to be able to look at someone dead in the eyes and recite what you have to say concisely, clearly, slowly, and using your hands and to even get them to feel that there is this immediate connection drawn in between yourself and what you are speaking as it relates to them. Yeah. Right. You know, it's funny, the worst idea possible with an amazing speaker who talks like this in a very amazing manner will get more of an investor meeting than a great idea a tech guy with a great idea yep. who's killing the video because the video is not working well this is the difference between an inventor and a ceo is it not right yes. this is the this is this is the visionary yeah. versus the ceo absolutely which, which we'll talk in about another podcast about the transition about who you need to become in order to be a real ceo Oh, let's talk about that first, just briefly. Sure. So there's this uh, personality, the personality game. We'll talk about the personality game. There's many of them, but they analyze your personality. The bottom line of this personality game, I've been in many of these over the years. The bottom line of the personality game is uh, they put a piece of paper in everyone's back. and Everyone writes on your back what you are. Are you a director, sociable, analytical, or promoter? There's four categories. And because I was a tech guy at the time, they'd write on my back, analytical. He's an analytical. He's an analytical. But the fact is, of just those four personality styles, we won't get into them now. When you, the goal, your goal is to not be in the corner as the analytical. Your goal is to mimic the style of every person you come across. You've heard, you've heard yep, about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Social so, mimicry is a big psychological tool when you go ahead and networking with people. So like, and, yeah. and we'll, we'll make the immediate thing. If you were sitting with your arms crossed across yeah. from me, yeah. I might do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would go ahead and I'd match your and I'd match your speed, the tone of your voice. I would match your volume level. I would make you feel as so, though we are on the same page about everything that we speak about and that we discuss in order to build this trust that we have the same ideologies or same thinking mannerisms, which will immediately bond us. So when you're dealing with a person, investor, network, anyone you're dealing with, you know, one CEO I once was under in a in an old phone company, one of the original cell phone companies, when we did this test of everybody, on his back, everyone wrote a different, everyone saw him differently. Mm-hmm. That's because the good CEO, the good founder of the tech company, can change their personality. 
And when they're with you, when they're with somebody who's sociable, they start off the conversation with, how do you feel today? And when they're with an analytical like me, they go, how's business? What are the numbers? How are we doing? Right. When they're with the sales team, they say to the, say to the, the sales director type, I'm going to give you the numbers. Let's get down to business. And for the and when they're with the promoter, they go, "What are you working on today? Uh-huh. How can we make this work together?" So they change their language for every single person, yeah, and not treat them all the same. That's that's good value. In startup world, we see startup people don't understand this, and they go into every conversation with the same application, not learning the the, the personality of the person they're meeting and changing, yeah. being the chameleon. Yeah. And uh, that's a really hard thing for tech people to do. Because flip the channel. Visionaires and not entered have not entered into CEO role yet. Yeah. Right? That and is, may never. They may and never. may never. And may never be able to develop. I would like to believe that you can. Some, yes, some most it will be harder can. than for others than, you know, for some people. Some people naturally you know, my verbal communication skills have always been very high. Okay, mm-hmm. all throughout college, I did yeah. very well on presentations, did yep. very yep. well in group projects, did yep. very well being a leader in certain publications, certain authorities, and, and speaking on things that I know about. I've been a coach for a long time, mm-hmm. so I've had to verbally communicate the, the actions and results I've wanted from my clients, right? So, yeah. so these are all skills that I've had prior coming into being a leader. But I'm, saying, I'm saying that as far as the believability, and as far as the personalities, and a few other areas, you can... Even you're a boring tech guy, you can memorize those techniques, yep. sound different, yep. come off differently mm-hmm. as a speaker or as a communicator, and you're viewed differently. Suddenly you're yep. viewed as the CEO. Right. So we can talk about that another time, but I think that's important in the pitch and preparation for the pitch and thinking about when you meet an investor to not treat them all the same and not and, and being much more... I also think there's a, a really there's something else I want to mention about coming off as an empathetic person who cares. You know, not right. you know, um, you know. There's a guy that I won't mention his name. There's somebody we know, and uh, every time you talk to them, they're always about their thing. This, they relate only thing to the how's it going to affect my thing. So when you're dealing with an investor, it's more about what are you investing in these days. Not like let me tell you my pitch. Are you ready for my pitch? Are you ready? Let's go. No, it's more like. Know your customer. You know, know you're, your oh, you're an investor. What? What? How do you invest? Oh, you're an angel. Oh, you you're a member of uh, Seed Ventures. Interesting. What is something you've invested in recently? Oh, Tell you like food. Them. You like you know. Yeah. Oh, you're in beverages. You're in you're in AI. Anything. In, anything right. to show some empathy and compassion that you're a human being and not right. you know. It's so funny. Not a sales robot. Not a not a robot. Not a sales robot. I mean, there's time when being a sales robot's a good thing. Right. But that's not the time when you're making those connections no. at this specific pitch event. And uh, it would be a great thing at the pitch event. I'm not sure if we'll have time this one to give a little bit of this, to just give a little, you know, maybe you could do a little game with the whole crowd right. and have them, you know, try to change their personality or something. Because the startup world are isolated. They're they're working coding and they're, there's one guy coming in pitching. I know he's isolated. He's got a coding job in the day. He's got a coding at night, and he's coding away. And and he's I think he's Russian maybe. So there's like, he's like isolated guy. But he doesn't. He needs to kind of get out and learn how to. He wants to raise capital. Okay, like everybody else, right? We we are now South uh, Miami. Well, first of all, we call West Palm Beach to Boca to Miami. We call it all Miami. We're all Miami. Number one. Right. Because people, when they move to Boca, say, 
I'll move to Miami. They don't say I'm moving to Boca. Right. So, because people will understand Boca too. Right. Or West Palm or whatever. And, and, you know, and now that we're more like Silicon Valley, we're becoming like Silicon Valley. We need all these tech startup people to know the lingo, know how to be a good, a good pitch company, be able to change personalities, be more believable, because the checks are there to be had right now uh-huh. in South Florida. I'm hearing, you know, it's shocking to me, uh, you know, Julio just raised 10K again this week. It's constant, constantly. There are people who are raising money. I, I'm shocked. Right. But you know, that wasn't true 10 years ago. You have a lot of tech, smart investors who moved to South Florida, and they're looking for good things to invest in. They're trying to build the economy in South Florida, and that's really what's happening. Um, we're not New York City or or San Francisco just yet, but we are in competition just yet. Just yet. But I think we're, we're in. We're on the map. We're on the map, and we're competing with LA. Right. At the LA level, Chicago level. Right. Those are the second tier levels. I don't think we'll ever get to the San Francisco level. Never. That used to be eighty five percent of all startups. Right. Um. And 10% was New York. Right. But in that 5% of the others, which is Austin, Chicago, LA, and a few other, maybe Miami. Boulder, and you know, Miami, Miami, the whole Miami area is now on the map, you know? Right. And we have to do better as a as a group. So even talking to the whole group, our startup pop group, about changing our personalities and being more dynamic and sounding more believable, they'll love that. To another health, um, uh, consequence of someone who's highly anxious mm-hmm. having a shallow breath and shallow lung capacity where they actually are constantly panting because mm-hmm. they can't get enough oxygen in their system or even can control their breathing. So if you are somebody who's interested in learning how to control your breathing and, and improve your anxiety, improve your pain or anything like that, I did a, I did a great blog on slow deep breathing exercises. Mm-hmm which go over a four, seven, eight technique. This is a standardized technique, which means four second inhale through the nose, seven second hold, and then an eight second exhale, okay? That is a very long exhale. And one of the things that, you know, I do a lot of postural coaching and I do a lot of breath work and a lot of diaphragmatic um, Mm -hmm. expansion and contraction, as well as lung expansion and contraction in different angles to allow someone to learn how to feel the way that their lungs actually increase and decrease in size, as well as the way that the diaphragm works and, and, and how it aligns with the body. Yeah. All of that is super, super important when you go into how you present yourself, how you speak going into something, and how you react to certain things altogether. Because, you know, there are times that you may or may not be more or less anxious, okay, mm-hmm. like coming up to a stressful event. If you didn't have enough sleep, which I hope you did going into Tuesday's event. And also, but, you know, speaking slowly has a lot to do with your breathing and how you separate your breathing in between those. Because if you are, if your heart's racing and you don't know how to breathe and you're shallow breathing and you're starting to pant and you're getting out of breath Mm -hmm. and you're speeding up your talk to try and fit the words in between your breaths, you're going to start losing that. So let's go over. So. Let's, if you are interested in some breath work and you'd like, um, first and foremost, I do one-on-one coaching. I'm going to put that disclaimer out there. You can go to adamrehabilitation.com and contact me uh, directly through there. I do a lot of breath work and one-on-one consulting through that in order to help from pain, anxiety, stress, and even sleep problems are all combated through slow, deep breathing techniques. Okay. So there's there's a big, big thing on just doing your breath work and you know, we mentioned earlier about 
the how to fall asleep back again, if with or without an audible or audiobook, I am doing slow, deep breathing exercises as I count to find my way back to sleep. It's like counting sheep. The similar, you know, you're going to think in your mind, you're going to count sheep. Or rather, there are techniques that we use to bring your body into full awareness to help concentrate and slow down the anxiety that's happening in your mind. Because what you're experiencing at 3 a.m. or you're racing thoughts is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we want to calm that down so we can do breath work in order to go ahead and improve that. Yeah, I mean, my experience, most most men, about 45 to 60, wake up at 3 a.m. Just randomly. It just happens. And bathroom or not, or sound, whatever, and it's hard to get back to sleep. Right. That's it. So when we talk about, we spoke about breath work, we spoke spoke about sleeping, we spoke about some of the supplements and the intakes of supplements. Go ahead. Um, I just thought of something. So I, I, you know, I bring food to this event. I drop it down so people can buy it and Uh eat it right there. And there's a restaurant in the back. But I specifically go and eat an hour or two before the event. Right. Highly recommend. Do not rely on our food. Yeah. Go and eat a late, an early dinner, grab a sandwich, eat something. Right. Don't rely on any event you're going to that the food's going to be there for you because then the, you're ravenous. You, right. You're racing there. You're right. you're there now, but and uh, maybe you don't like the food, and maybe the food's all gone. Um, but I I don't as running the event, I, and if you're a pitch company as well, we may not have the luxury of you, you know that we want to maximize your time with people. People are saying they're saying uh, Jordan. You're at rehabilitation. Tell me more about your thing. So you're not at the food. You're, right. you're having conversations. And the 45, we're having 45 minutes networking. It goes bing over. Right. And then you look back, all the food's gone. So I don't rely on eating the food I bring. Right. And it's all gone. Right. So eat. Try and eat a couple of meals before the day started, before the event starts. Don't be hungry. Right. Don't be hungry. Go don't in there expecting not to eat. Because if you have something important to say, you can't say it with food in your mouth. No, <laughs> it's just not of importance to me because I'm I'm relying on other stuff. Right. Um, for this event, uh, Julio's coming to the event, and he said he's going to help me a little bit. Okay. He's, he's good with the timer, okay. but that may give me. Usually, I'm so tied up, I can't even leave the front. Shout out to Julio, thank you. Julio, <laughs> Harris, yeah. So, uh, I need a little bit of free time so I can go in the back, check on things, right. check on the speed dating event or whatever. Check out, you know, I I need a little more freedom, and um, but anyway. Yeah, this food thing is just something I've been doing the last year or two for the pitch events. I don't, I don't ever go in hungry. Well, let's let's talk about that. So when you're hungry, you might be a little bit more anxious. You might be yeah. a little bit more reactive. Yeah. And when yeah. you're anxious yeah. and reactive, that you know that can immediately lead to you talking faster. Yeah. You moving a little bit more, twitching a little bit more, not being as still, right? Because when you're twitching or playing or doing things, we may give off this curiosity that, like, hey, maybe he doesn't have it all. He's still kind of formulating his thoughts, you know, trying to figure Yeah, I get it lightheaded. I, if I don't eat enough, I'm lightheaded and I have a headache. Right. But you don't have to eat a big meal. You could have pr- thrown some protein bars. Or I want you hydrated. Or you have a, oh. have a drink with you. So you have hydration. So if you have a, let's say you have a, a bottle of water or something similar, um, and you have, or like, a, you know, some type of uh, sports drink, or you have a couple bars of like uh, protein bars type of thing. You have that ready with you during the day. You right. can eat that. You don't need to go eat a big meal. Right. You just can. I'm eating breakfast and lunch before mm-hmm. an event. I'm not eating dinner. Gotcha. Okay. So this is what I'm doing. I'm doing doing good sized breakfast. Good size lunch. I have electrolytes yep. after lunch yep. and fluid intake throughout the entirety of the day. 
honestly, in many of those events... Half gallon, half gallon of water before 4 p.m. You know, this is really great stuff for people attending my pitch event because yep. most of them don't think about any of this. Most of us are just, oh, we couldn't have time. We didn't have time to eat. We didn't have time for breakfast. We didn't have time for lunch. And, you know, this thing about going to an event hungry, it's not a good thing. You know, no. I, I provide food so that, because they are hungry, but they needed to take the time to, to get themselves in order, drink enough fluids during the day. Um, did I ever tell you about the time that I messed up totally? I ate nothing. I was all busy. This is about three or four years ago. We had a pitch event four years ago. It was at the same place that we're going to today, Sendai at the time. And this is the combo that didn't work out for me. I ate nothing the whole day. Or drank nothing all day. I go to the event. I ran the. I got the event started. Everything was great. The event was running, and I think Craig was running the event at the time. And I went in the back. And Craig, we all decided to have whiskey. Now I'm in trouble. I didn't realize this. I drank this. He gave me a, little, a very small thing of whiskey. I drank a little bit of it, put it down, and I was totally gone at that point. I had to go to the bathroom, sit on the toilet, half asleep for about five minutes, so I could kind of get myself back up. And when I came outside, I could not, I really had to sit down on the ground. They were like, oh, Dan, you okay? I said, I just am not having anything to drink or eat today. So there was a restaurant there. So I got up and went over there and I, I ordered something I ate. But I just was like, I messed up. Okay? Your fluid and water intake, your fluid and electrolyte intake are more important than, in my mind, your food consumption. Yeah. Because I don't care if you had 500 calories. Yeah. If you had 1,000 calories, look, it's really low, and I'd like you to get in at least 1,000 calories before mm -hmm. uh, lunchtime. Yeah. But your fluid intake and your electrolyte balance are going to dictate really how you feel internally. Because what happens is, is that when your blood is re- or when your Water is reabsorbed more effectively through the kidneys because of the electrolyte balance and your fluid intake. Your blood is less viscous. That's gotcha. okay. Which means that it flows through the body more. Viscosity is an act of basically tension within the system. Okay. It's the thickness, right? So, so like things like syrup have higher viscosity than water, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we lack the amount of water that's needed in the blood, the blood becomes thicker and it becomes harder to push and pull. Well, what does that do on the heart? Causes it to pump harder in order to get the same type of pressure throughout the system. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. And which will also affect the brain as how much water is effectively and nutrients is removed and entered in through the brain itself. So this is a big thing. So this kind of also, this influences our sugar uptake into our muscles. Mm -hmm. It influences the way that sugar is uptaken into the brain. It influences how we feel about headaches and about the, you know, tension headaches and uh, also even migraines. Gotcha. Um, salt has been proven to help a lot of people with migraines and chronic headaches. And even though the average individual, you know, everyone makes a joke like, you know, women will, women are chronically under um, electrolyte balance, right? Mm -hmm. So they're chronically under their daily recommended intake. Really? So women excrete more electrolytes than men do consistently. Okay. Mm -hmm. So okay. women traditionally need to have a little bit more, need to supplement with electrolytes to get the same amount of benefit that a man does eating for eating traditional foods. And when this happened, you know, the first thing, the joke is that the man says, well, did you drink any water today? Right? Well, did you have enough water when you have a headache, right? Yeah. You have a headache. Well, did you drink water today? Yeah. It's an immediate question that we're, that we're going to ask. But it's also important for us as leaders, startup founders, and understand that same physiological process does happen to us, yeah. maybe on a minor scale. But it does influence all of the other actions that we need to go ahead and take or perform or how we perform leading up to the day of. So best number one advice, 
have at least one electrolyte supplement the day of. I mm-hmm. even recommend the electrolyte supplement the night before. And have at least eight ounces of fluid water every single hour. Gotcha. That's, that's, I mean, that's perfect, right? Yeah. If you do one bottle of water, which is 16 ounces of water, every two hours, I have like a, I have that water app that's going every like hour. It right. kind of remind me to drink water. Right. right. And I moved my water jug, my half gallon water jug out of the picture, even, even in the beginning of, yeah. of the, of the, the video. So, I mean, this is really important to, for us to understand is that our hydration status is super, super important in order to go ahead and to provide us a healthy equilibrium going into both and all of our um, networking and our pitching and our talking and, mm-hmm. and how we just conduct ourselves throughout the entirety of the event. That so important. And if you do, if you're first time at this event and you're listening to this podcast, we'll send this to the pitching companies and also we'll send it to all the attendees. Um, you know, you everyone's been to network. But like, you know, the biggest, the other issue at network events is always true is, and for guys like me, is I get stuck with somebody, I get stuck with them. And, you know, I will talk too much. Like, <clears throat> even now I can feel myself, I'm talking too much. So it's like always for me important to regulate my talking and being able to take a break. And I need to get away from some people. <laughs> it's bad. You know, I'm having an interesting conversation. I want to continue. Look, but read like, five minutes. That's all you need per yeah, person. Absolutely. Maximize your time. There, while you're there, you know, go. I'm, I'm a the wallflower. Feet. I was the wallflower, you know. So, so, so what's your best leaving quote for somebody? And we'll we'll take we'll we'll end it off of this. What is your best way to leave a conversation to enter a new one? That's a great one. Um, that's a great one. Yeah, I know it. I I just make something up. I say, hey, I I got I have does someone else I have to talk to over there. Sorry, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm a little less blunt. There's a lot that. of other people I need so, to talk to. Thank you. I get it. Right. So, so what I like to do, and yeah. this is trained, yes, um, is I give affirmation and acknowledgement to what they told me. Oh, so I, I, I reiterate. I reiterate what they said to me. Okay. And then I end off on a closing statement along the lines of, "I would love to talk to you more about this." I have to go ahead and introduce myself to a couple of other individuals at this event, but I really value what you had told me and I want to connect again more. So please make sure that you send me a message about this X, Y, and Z. Check my QR right, code. You got it. Yeah, right, code. Right. Here's this. <laughs> and, and let's talk again further because I really enjoyed this time with you. Okay. Thank you so much. Great stuff. Great stuff. Right. It's a great way. I, I, I need to always practice that because I get hung, I get hung out, hung with somebody. They need to be heard. They yeah. need to know that you heard them. This is a sales uh-huh. technique. This is sales. So just I mean, give them the affirmation. Right. Say, this is great. What we've had this conversation. I'd like to talk to you more. I got to go. We've connected and you'll be able to email me. and we'll Personalize it a little bit. I loved hearing about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I want to hear more when we have a little bit more time. Great. So, for you know, story. let's, right, for, for the whole thing. So let's get together for lunch. You yeah. know, let's schedule something in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's bye for now. I hope to talk to you soon. Great, great, great. Right? Um, that's terrific stuff. Terrific stuff. Yeah. And we're going to end it off on that. For the, my the my favorite quote of all time, never quit the night job. All through. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>